Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am your host, Heather Hansen O'Neill, and today's quote is once again by Leo Tolstoy. All the beauty of life is made up of light and shadow. Today's special guest is Nancy Picard. She splits her time between Colorado and California and is a certified master life coach specializing in shadow work, boundaries, and reinvention. She is the author of the international best-selling book, Bigger, Better, Braver, Conquer Your Fears, Embrace Your Courage, Transform Your Life. Prior to her work as a coach, she operated as owner and founder of a personal training gym for 16 years. So welcome, Nancy. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I'm really excited. So, you know, I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but, you know, let me just start because I know I only gave you a portion of your bio. Is there anything that you want to fill people in about how you got to where you are today? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's funny for me to keep going back there because it's been a long time ago, but I was married for 26 years. I had this amazing life. I was really happy. Um, I thought that that was my purpose in life. And um, when my husband no longer wanted to be married after 26 years, not only did I fall on my face and it blow up my life, but I then realized that I was very other referenced. I really saw myself how he saw me. And so when he no longer wanted me, I lost all my own self-confidence, which is really a shame because out of the two of us, I'm really the one that had like a really healthy childhood and great self-confidence. And um, I did such a good job of building him up for 26 years that my girlfriends used to say he finally believed everything you said about him. And then he wanted to move on, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it was really interesting for me because I didn't feel safe alone. And it took me a long time to regain my sense of balance and where I am now, which I'm sure will come up in conversation, is a totally different place than I was then. So just like in anything, I can't be sorry anything else happened because everything was for the evolution of my soul and who I am today. I would not be who I am today, obviously, if that had not happened. And so... um, it was a rough go, but here I am, you know, here I am ready to tell the story. So I love that. And you know, it, wouldn't it be amazing if we could, in the instant of the challenge, remember that, right? That, that in a couple of years, we're going to be able to look back and be so mm-hmm. appreciative of this, um, but that's not quite as easy. So, so tell us what it means to be or to live bigger, better, braver. I'd love to. So thank you for asking. Um, I want to say that it's not about having more things. You know, it's not about bigger, bigger, bigger in terms of what can I accumulate? Mm -hmm. It's really how do I live my most authentic life? And what is the area that you're stuck in that you're not moving forward that you really you're put on this earth to be everything you can be. So bigger, better, braver is 
your life will be better when you step out of your comfort zone. And to do that, you have to be braver. So you have to uncover the fears and the disempowering beliefs that are keeping you stuck. That's why I love the title of your podcast. And um, it's really interesting that we are so, we get stuck in our ways and we don't actually, for the most part, we don't realize that um, we have these beliefs that are stuck in our self-conscious, that subconscious that are keeping us plain small. So that's one of the things I am. I'm a shadow coach and I help my clients uncover those very disempowering beliefs that we all have. We're just not aware of them. So they rule our operating system until we bring them into our conscious awareness. Mm, You are speaking my language. I spent a lot Mm. of time there. But for anyone out there who isn't, you know, so maybe you're a new listener. uh, How about Nancy? Why don't you help them understand what what are shadow beliefs beliefs and how might hold someone back? Okay. So we all have these beliefs that are formed usually under the age of 10. Mm -hmm. We're not emotionally mature enough to understand when something happens. And subconsciously, we make it mean something about ourselves or the world around us. And we're not even aware of it. So I like to share my own story, um, even though I could share a zillion other stories. But my own story is that when I was 50 years old, I was in a car accident and I wasn't really badly hurt. But I was very shaken up and I ended up with um, PTSD from it. And so I did a session with my shadow coach. I was working with a coach already at that time around the accident. And she takes me into a meditation garden. She tells me that one of my sub-personalities is there and wants to tell me something about this accident. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden I see myself at five years old when I had been playing with a lighter and I literally put myself on fire. And speaking of fear to fire, and I was in a hospital for a week and I was all bandaged up, but I did not have any scars on my body. I didn't even get in trouble because they were so happy I was alive. Mm -hmm. So I never really gave it a lot of meaning and thought about it. I just really didn't even think about it. It was something that happened. It was gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 50 years later, when we do this session, this little girl is still inside me. And my coach said, what does she want you to know? And what she wanted me to know was that I wasn't safe alone. Mm. Now think about it. These beliefs are made... They're formed to keep us safe. As children, they keep us safe. That belief that I'm not safe alone is the exact correct belief for a five-year-old who puts herself on fire. And so the commitment I make to make sure that I keep that belief alive was I will never be alone. Mm-hmm. So I was the perfect girlfriend. I was the perfect partner. I could twist myself up to be digestible to anybody. And this is the way I lived my life until that moment. And in that moment, I could now see now I'm divorced. It no longer supported me because I was healthy. I was financially secure. My kids were grown. I could do anything. But until that belief got uncovered, I didn't feel safe. And I didn't do anything alone. And the biggest change in my life, the biggest fear that I overcame was that I was whole and I could do things alone. I was safe. I was whole. And 
not that I couldn't have a partner in my life, but I didn't need a partner in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was transformational for me. Oh, 100%. And, you know, I because I spend a lot of times helping people to find, become aware of those mm-hmm. too, uh, your shadow coach help you find that. And once you, once you find that shadow belief and, and discover these underlying commitments, it, you know, can you talk a little bit more about those commitments? Um, sure. And what we, you know, how we have that relationship with them? Sure. So I'm going to give you some examples of some beliefs because mine was just one and people may not identify with that one, mm-hmm. but here are some others. Um, I'm unworthy. I'm broken. My voice doesn't matter. My needs don't matter. I need to be perfect to be loved. I need to control everything to be safe. I'm unlovable. I'll never be chosen. These are all examples of shadow beliefs. And then the strategy that our little minds use to keep those beliefs safe, we call those underlying commitments. And those are the commitments. Those are our first commitments. So when we go through life and we're not getting what we say we want, that's because we're getting what we're more committed to and we just don't know it. Mm -hmm. So if you say to yourself, I say I want X, I say I want to lose 20 pounds. I say I want a new job. I say I want to get into a relationship. I say I want to leave my marriage, any of those things. But what I'm experiencing is, so I say I want to lose 20 pounds, but what I'm experiencing is having dessert every night. Or what I'm experiencing is turning off my alarm and not getting up to exercise. So instead of getting what we say we want, what we're really getting is what we're more committed to. And we may just be more committed to instant gratification. We may be committed to the belief that... um, Our needs will never be met. And so if we've got a need like a cookie or something, we're going to go for it. So we don't even know how to go to long-term gratification because our commitment is to always fill our need. Mm -hmm. So, so once we recognize, which I think is key, once we recognize what the need is, what the underlying um, commitment is, what do we, what do we do with that? How do we shift it? Okay. So just having the ability to take something from the subconscious into the conscious takes away some of the power. It's no longer hidden. Now you know what it is. And as an adult, you get to say, wow, I can see how I had that. I can see the gift in it, but I also see what it's been costing me. And you can basically say, it cost me here. It cost me here. And it's still costing me. And now as an adult, you can give yourself a new empowering belief or a new empowering commitment that's in alignment with your adult vision and goals for where you want to go. And then it's not a one and done. You have to work it. So I do a lot of work with affirmations, with tapping and etching and all kinds of things to help you get the neuroplasticity to change. And instead of thinking, I'm unworthy start thinking, I am worthy. I'm worthy of money. I'm worthy of energy. I'm worthy of my needs being met. I'm worthy of setting healthy boundaries. Yeah. All of these things, we consciously can start to 
rewire our thinking so we can own the new belief. And that's important because, you know, we, we talk about how do we discover and then release these limiting beliefs. But if you don't replace them, like you're talking about with something mm-hmm. more empowering, with something that's going to serve you better, that hole will be there and it will make it that much easier for the limiting belief to come back. And that's why right. it's super important to do that next step and replace it with something more empowering. I love right. that. So let's talk about fear, you know, from fear to fire. Um, Do you believe that we can use fear as a driving force for change? And if so, how? 100%. I believe it 100%. And I use fear as an indicator of something I need to do. So it's very different than like being in a city that you don't know, going down an alley in the dark and being afraid. That's the kind of fear you want to listen to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the fear that goes with, oh, I'm I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. That's for somebody else, not me. I'm not big enough. I'm not smart enough. Um, if I fall, it'll, I'll be ashamed. I'll be, I'll feel stupid. It will hurt those fears are the fears that you have to take by the hand and move forward anyway. And so for me personally, anything that I'm asked to do that my imposter syndrome brain is saying, oh, no, 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 you know, I don't think you're ready for that. That's a signal. I must do it. I must do it because I will be exactly that person on the other side of that. And I think there's a few things people don't usually are aware of. Those that are stuck are not aware of. One is that nobody is in a fearless state. Nobody. We all have fears. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that those that use fear as a force for change, a motivating force for change, they actually take the fear and they harness it and they move forward anyway. Mm-hmm. Those that don't do that are stuck sitting on the couch paralyzed and don't move forward. And the way you feel about yourself when you don't move forward, when you don't take chances, when you don't do the thing you really want to do is so much more damaging than if you do try and you're not successful because you're so proud of yourself for trying. It's so empowering to move past the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree with that. And, it, and it's, it, it creates this momentum so that it builds the confidence and enables you to keep taking additional actions. While we're on the fear um, topic, have you experienced personally or professionally a fear or a challenge that had that you had to overcome and that you learned a lesson from that you'd be able to share with people? Yeah, well, I was afraid to travel alone. Okay, so I have this belief I'm not safe alone. I uncover the belief. I'm doing affirmations around that belief. And now I need to put it to action. So I go out to dinner alone, which I still don't love, but I sit at a bar by myself without my phone. And that was step one. Step two was I planned a trip to Thailand. I went to like a special spa by myself. And then I did a bike trip by m- with a group, but I didn't know anybody. I did the same thing to Vietnam. Didn't know anybody. Didn't like harness somebody to go with me. And then I went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. 
And that was the biggest, there were so many fears involved in that one Mm -hmm. that by the time I was done with that, I had conquered everything. And even while I was training for that one, anything I was afraid to do, I would say to myself, well, if you don't do that, you'll never climb Kilimanjaro. Over and over, that became my mantra. Mm. And so there were so many fears I overcame in that, that um, I think life got much easier after that. It got much easier. I, I really saw the path that fear is just energy and I can harness it or I can let it take me down. Mm, I love that so much. And as an adventure junkie, I love using adventures as ways to break past or expand my comfort zone. Um, For those of you listening, you don't have to do anything crazy as long as it's outside of your comfort zone, then you'll be expanding it and you'll be able to to continue to grow. But, you know, I I love that you chose an adventure to form you that that's totally in alignment with me and what I do. So, you know, let's, let's dive into boundaries. Let's talk about some healthy boundaries. How can people set and keep these healthy boundaries? So there are two kinds of boundaries. There's are boundaries that you set with yourself. Mm-hmm. And then there are boundaries that you set with others. So I suggest you start with boundaries that you set with yourself, which might be um, all around self-care. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set the boundary that I'm going to go to bed by 930 every night. I'm going to set the boundary that I'm not going to have alcohol for the next month. I'm going to set the boundary that I'm only going to say yes when it's a hell yes. And otherwise, it's a no. Because saying no to somebody else is saying yes to you. Wait, so, wait, 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 no, say that again, because I know a lot of our listeners need to hear that twice. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> when you say no to somebody else, because it's not something that you really want to do, you're taking pride in what you really want. And you're saying yes to yourself. It's not selfish. It's self-care. Mm-hmm. And it's like putting on your oxygen mask first. This is your ox- oxygen mask for life. And then you have what's left over to help other people. Mm-hmm. And so you're not doing things out of, um, <clears throat> you're only doing what you want to do and not, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of, but Guilt. obligation. Yeah. yeah. Obligation. You're not doing it out of obligation. You're not passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. You're not angry about doing it or mad at yourself. Joy you actually, that. There's, there's joy in that. And joy comes a tremendous amount of energy. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's where you start. Then if you want to set boundaries with other people, number one, if you've got those disempowering beliefs, my voice doesn't matter. My needs don't matter. I need to please others to be loved. It's harder to set boundaries Mm -hmm. because those beliefs are like, oh, no, I would be a bad person. I would feel guilty. They would leave me. They'll abandon me if I speak my needs. But what happens when you don't speak your needs, it's like if you picture a beach ball and you're pushing it into the pool down and down and down, and all of a sudden it comes flying out in the wrong direction, out of the water, right? Mm -hmm. That's what happens when your needs are not being met and you don't make your needs a priority. All of a sudden you explode 
Yeah. And with so much energy that is inappropriate in the moment. Mm-hmm. And pe- the other person's like, whoa, I- where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> where'd that come from? So people who are conflict avoiders end up actually causing conflict mm-hmm. because they're only quiet for so long. And then they explode instead of being open and honest with what you need. So I suggest the first thing you do is get quiet and figure out, ask yourself, what do I want? What do I need? Mm -hmm. People are not mind readers. When you have people at work or in your life that you don't share what you really need, you can't expect them. You know, it's such baloney to say, oh, if they loved me, they'd know what I want. No, you don't even know what you want. How are they going to know what you want? Oh, my gosh. I love that. That's so important. You saved a marriage or two out there. (laughs) I'm sure. I hope so. And so the last part is to come up with a boundary script so that that you practice before you ask it of the other person. And it sounds like this. I feel X when you do Y. Would you be willing to do Z? I feel disrespected. Now you're talking about you. You're not making the other person wrong. This is how I feel. Maybe somebody else wouldn't feel this way, but I do. Mm-hmm. I feel disrespected. I feel afraid. I feel angry. When you leave your dirty clothes on the floor, when you call me after nine o'clock at night, when you expect me to stay late at work and I miss dinner every night with my family, I feel when you do Would you be willing to do? I feel disrespected when you leave the dishes in the sink. Would you be willing to just put them in the dishwasher? I feel disrespected or I feel sad when I miss dinner with my kids every night. Would you be willing to not give me an assignment after five o'clock at night so I can make it home by seven to be with my family? You know, all of these things. Asking for what you need with grace and ease, with no energy, making it about you, and then giving the ask. And go ahead. I think timing has a lot to do with it because if you do it soon enough and don't wait for that beach ball, I love that beach ball analogy because you can use it. It's a good one. (laughs) Totally visual. Um, So if you if you're not waiting until you're ready to explode. If you do it right away, then you're doing it in a calm, respectful tone, mm-hmm. right? And I could see that being, that script being so effective. Yeah. I mean, people still have fear around doing it mm-hmm. and um, which is okay, but you have to remember <laughs> that it's short-term discomfort mm-hmm. versus long-term discomfort. Right. And that's really important. So what I say is, Practice it, say it with grace and ease. And then the thing is, you have to have a plan B because don't ask for a boundary that you're not willing to take action if they don't do it. Right. Nobody can cross your boundaries except for you. They're, they don't have to do what you're asking. But if they don't do what you're asking, you have to have a plan B. In order to honor and respect myself, I'm going to leave the office at six o'clock every night. And if you give me something late to finish, I'll have to finish it in the morning. You know, Mm -hmm. in order to honor and respect myself, if you leave the dishes in the sink, I'm going to buy paper plates and you can use paper plates. 
you know, you can always come up with what your thing is. You know, I have clients who have to say, I get really fearful when you yell at me in an argument. Would you be willing to not argue during an argument? Mm -hmm. Because to honor and respect myself, the next time you do, I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to hang up the phone. We can t- we can take this another time, but at that moment, it's off the it's off the books, right? Yeah. Or I'm uncomfortable when you have more than two drinks at night. Would you be willing to stop at two drinks at night when we're home? Mm-hmm. In order to honor and respect myself, if you have more than two drinks, I'm going to sleep alone in the bedroom that night. Yeah, there's you know? so much power in that in ha- in knowing ahead of time. Mm-hmm. What, what those boundaries are for yourself and, and how you communicate them. I love that. There is so much power in asking for what you want, that it's the most empowering thing to basically be able to say, I am worthy of having my needs met. Mm-hmm. I've had a client who had a partner for 13 years. They had a big, huge home. They had two children together, but her name was not on on the, um, the deed. Mm-hmm. It's all she wanted. She, 13 years, she never asked for it. I said to her, when, she, when we brought this up, it was like two weeks before Mother's Day. I said, has he asked you what you want for Mother's Day yet? And she said, yeah, I was thinking I would get a handbag. I said, no, <laughs> no, you're getting your name on the, you're getting your name on the deed. And she was so afraid, it took her two weeks to do it. Mm-hmm. And she did it. And he was like, oh, yeah, not a problem. And she got it done. We, I mean, we make it in our heads so much bigger, right? Yes. When you just yes. get it out, it, it reduces its power. Yes. And the more boundaries you set, the better you get at it. The easier it becomes. And then the flip happens. You have to be really careful that you don't just set boundaries everywhere, you know, like right, you right. have to you don't want to build walls. You want, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. This is such great stuff. You know what? Another question that comes up a lot for my clients is in, in today's world, you know, there's so much going on. I'm just kind of doing what I got to do. And almost like they're on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find that? And how do you advise people to get out of autopilot? I think we're all on autopilot. Yeah. Um, maybe you and I, because we're in this business and we're on it all the time and we're learning and we're growing and we know that we need to stay in alignment with what we say, because how can we hold others to do that if we don't do it ourselves? But for the rest of the world, autopilot, emotional autopilot is very common. So we don't really realize that so much time has gone by before we took care of some things or that we're really not as happy in our life or our marriage or our job, but we we've numbed out Mm -hmm. and we use social media, we use exercise, we use eating, we use shopping, all of these things that we use so we don't have to feel So to get out of autopilot, you actually have to start asking yourself, what do I want? What do I need? I Every morning before I get out of bed, I say, what's the most self-honoring thing I can do for myself today? That is me like, hello, world, like 
What am I going to do today? And that brings me into the present moment, into the present day. I set an intention of one thing I'm going to do, and I make sure I do it. That's one way. Yeah. There's that's a zillion a way, ways. Like, you know, I love morning routines because mm-hmm. you get into, you're, you're breaking an old bad habit or pattern, right? You're shifting it, you're creating a new one, right? And so you're conscious, but you get to choose what your morning routine is. And I love that one. That's a exactly. fantastic one. Exactly. Yes, I like it too. And then you can do it night before you go to bed if you want an evening routine. Mm-hmm. What are three things that you're grateful for? And then change them up. Yeah. Um, these are just ways to get out of autopilot, but also like you can make, you can make commitments to yourself. If you mindlessly eat, make a commitment that you're not going to eat in front of the TV or, or reading a book, make a commitment that you're going to count your chews, use chopsticks, do something that takes you out of the autopilot, put a timer on. So you don't, you don't like do social media for two hours, you know, put a timer on for 30 minutes and that's your social media for the fix for the, for the evening. Um, don't binge watch five shows, give yourself a limit. All right, two shows, I'm turning that off and I'm going to read a book. So there are things that you can do. You have to figure out where you are on autopilot. What are the areas that you are on autopilot? And then what are the mindful things you can do to catch you So you stay out of it. Mm. You know, you've given us such great tangible tips that you can use that our listeners can use, take away and and implement like literally right away. Um, I'm sure that people are are wondering, you know, how can they get more of this? Tell everyone how they can reach you. Um, I think you have an offer for our listeners. Yeah, I I have a few things. So you can reach me at nancypicardlifecoach.com. That's my website. And basically everything is on there. Although in your show notes, you're going to be getting your own links, but um, you can sign up for a free discovery call. I have, um, I have bigger, better, braver um, coaching, um, very inexpensive course online. That's all automated. I also take that course and do a group coaching with 12 Zoom I have another course called um, Tools and Strategies for Living Your Most Purposeful Life, and that's on Gen Connect You. So I have a 20% offer off on that. Um, I have a free chapter of my book. All of those are giveaways for being a guest on your on your show today. So oh, awesome. So everyone listening, don't worry if you're driving, don't write anything down. You'll just be able to get it in the show notes. notes. Um, you'll be able to just do a direct link. You click on that and go straight to what Nancy is talking about her her various offers. I think they all sound amazing. Nancy, this is fantastic. The time flies by here. We have <laughs> so much fun. We just get engaged in the conversation and it flies by. So it is now time for the final words of wisdom. Nancy, what do you have for us today? Mm. Okay. The juice is in the journey, Mm. all right? So you have to get out of your comfort zone. And I believe that you chunk it down to little small steps, stay in alignment, follow through on anything you tell yourself, take fear by the hand and move forward anyway. 
Those are great. Like, I don't even know which one to choose for my quote for you. This is, uh, you've made my life so hard, Nancy. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. So Nancy, thank you so much. Everyone out there listening, if you love the show, please share it with a friend, get it out there, throw it on social media, leave us a review. We love those and come back and visit us next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.